are Locked On Wildcats. Your daily podcast on the Arizona Wildcats. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Happy Tuesday, Locked On Wildcat fans. With John Schuster, I am Mike Luke. I'm going to be heading out of town here for a couple days, but don't worry. We're going to have you covered tomorrow as well, because guess what? We are going to pre-record Wednesday's podcast as well. Not often if somebody put out there that they're doing that. (laughs) Wednesdays will be recorded right after this podcast you're listening to right now. That is phenomenal. Throwing that out there. As always, the show is brought to you by Built Bar. I will be up in Phoenix uh, on my way to Los Angeles tomorrow. And just so you all know, Built Bar is up in Phoenix right now. And I would assume you saw the Utah deal, or the uh, uh, it was a Utah BYU that has signed a contract with Built Bar. Oh, have they now? They certainly have. Nice. Now, I don't know that how much of that comes from this podcast, but it's. I, okay. it, I think it's. I, I think probably none of it comes from the Built Bar marketing team. Probably none of it comes from the advertising wing over there. Probably, I'd say 97, 98% of it comes from all the Utah people who are listening to this I podcast. I think yeah. that's fair. Yeah. And you have a strong Utah that's not connect- hyper- I do. And you have a strong right. Utah uh-huh. connection as well. So Absolutely. You're, you're on the, you, it's not hyperbole, I think, when I say that. You know the hearts and minds yes, of these folks. Yes. Uh, but uh, I was also out at uh, the U of A football scrimmage. I texted John Schuster to see if he wanted to go out there. I did not receive a response, which I... You know, shows, did that shock you? Uh, uh, I put it at about thirty percent that you would respond. Oh. So you, uh, I was right. Yeah, you but were. But you know uh-huh. what? I'm going to go with something on BetOnline.ag <laughs> right now, where I'm going to tell you you can make some money. Okay. Arizona right now is at two and a half. Now you say to Mike, you you say Mike Luke. Yeah. So what? I'm going to give you the good news before I give you the bad news. All right. I think they cover. I think they go three and nine. I said it. Boom. I said it. I think they cover the two and a half. Okay. You know, I look at it. I think they can beat. Uh, I think they beat NAU. Sure. And I think they have a decent chance at home to maybe steal the game against San Diego State. Okay. And then I, you just got to steal one more the rest mm-hmm. of the season. And you know what? There's some crummy teams on your schedule. One okay. Game, one game. That's all I ask. Yeah. So that's the good news. I think right. that if you go to BetOnline.ag, you can find a clever cover right there. Now let's get to the bad news. They're, you this think team's they're bad. Be, you think they're going to be three and nine? This team's really <laughs> bad. Um, I give them credit for putting the pro- showing the product out there on the field, but just to start at the quarterback position, there's not a lot to work with there. Uh, a lot of bad throws. Uh, a so lot they're just not communicating at this stage. You're just missing. You know what I think a lot of it is too is when you're just not very good. Okay. You know, it's again. I would love to be wrong here. I would love to be wrong here. But I was not impressed by what I saw. I do give Jed Fish and company a lot of credit for uh, showing us. And I also want to state as well, can't blame Jed Fish for this. This isn't his, this isn't his roster. So, um, but the, the quarterback play is very, very underwhelming. And outside of a Dick Tomey team where you preserve the right to punt, generally it's hard to win games if you don't have a good quarterback. Generally, that's true. Yeah. And uh, what a shocker that is. Yes, you're welcome. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Wildcat podcast. Um, but I think, obviously, what they're going to have to do, if that's the case, if they're going to struggle offensively, they're going to have to figure out ways to extend the or limit possessions. Mm-hmm. You can't do the college football thing where, you know, you're, the more possessions – 
you give to the other team, the more likely you're going to lose games 50 to 20 right, or right. whatever it is. Mm -hmm. So so in the early stages, if you're up against it, you're going to have to try to limit possessions on the other end and try to steal a couple turnovers here and there, mm -hmm. play field position, give yourself a chance. Uh, you know, and I think the early stages – so even though I don't think Jed Fish is necessarily approaching – the his his desire to build the program in the same way that Mike Stoops ultimately was, I suspect you're going to see kind of a similar thing. Where, you know what, listen, we're not going to go into any game more talented, but we're going to try really hard, and our defense can actually maybe be a and, little and keep opportunistic. Them in games. Yes, yeah. yes. Uh, yeah. And, and I think if... I think that's if, the template. If I think... If I remember correctly, I think they were three and eight the first year, mm -hmm. and but it felt were, like they were better than that. Yes, they were. They were competitive. They were close in a couple of games, and I think there were maybe even two games on that schedule where weird things happened late. Mm -hmm. Well, they could have been a five-win football team. Right. So they gave themselves, even though they and and I think that for the community helped help the community think. Yeah, maybe Stoops has something going here. Mm -hmm. uh, so all of that worked in his favor, I think, in the early stages. And, and the template, as you noted, was again, you know, you're looking at having to stay in games where you give up 16. Mm. Maybe you give up 23. Mm. You know, some, something that's reason you can't get in shootouts at this stage. No. You know, and that's not going to be a good and that, one for that, that's not going to be that's going to be a problem. Mm -hmm. uh, how do you think of that? So, so are your larger concerns at this stage on the offensive end or just across um, the board? You know, they're across the board. There's not. I look at this team right now, and you ask me, is there a surefire NFL player on this team? And you know, there may be some guys with potential, but I don't look at it and say, aha, there's a you know, there's a guy that that it will for sure play in the NFL. That's generally an issue because even on Makovic's crappy teams, you had a couple guys. Bobby Wade, you knew was going to play in the NFL. Lance Briggs, you knew was going to play in the NFL. Mike Bell, probably. Man, in hindsight, maybe Makovic had a little better talent than we gave him credit for. But you know, there's always been, even in your kind of your worst moments, there's always been, there's always been a few guys. Now, I think with Sumlin towards the end, probably not anybody you're looking at and saying, yeah, that's going to be a guy that's going to play in the NFL. So I think the talent across the board is pretty subpar. There is a kid, uh, Jalen Harris. Now, you might remember his father, Sean Harris. Um, Jalen Harris is, I think, a guy who's probably going to be the best football player on the team this okay. year. I would imagine if they need him to be a guy that pushes double-digit sacks. And Don Brown has talked multiple times about Jalen Harris. And one thing that I... One time, one thing that I've noticed about de defensive coordinators and like real defensive coordinators, not like what we had under Sumlin or a lot of the time under Rich Rod, guys that actually have a resume, they generally don't put numbers out for guys unless they have an, a, an idea that they're capable of achieving that number. And Don Brown has mentioned multiple times about Jalen Harris's sack total. So that I've found interesting because that at least to me leads me to believe that there that he sees something there and. As we talked about, Don Brown's got a pretty good resume. Um, but other than that, like I said, quarterback play is pretty crummy. Uh, the defense, I guess you got some guys that could be good, but I don't know anybody that you look, you look at and you just say for a matter of fact. So because that, you know, it's one of, it, it, it's easy to go out and, you, you know, practice has been for, what, a decade or more, a foreign thing for a lot of outsiders mm -hmm. uh, with Arizona football. So even getting to see... You have as good a chance to see a UC Irvine anteater football <laughs> practice. And I don't think they have a football team. There you go. Right. Uh, so sometimes maybe as a result of that, maybe it's a little difficult to translate some of the other positions because quarterback obviously jumps out at you. You're either good at quarterback or you're not. Mm -hmm. It's most important 
position on the field. We all get it. Um, so are there, as, as you're gauging this a little bit more in depth, do you like their running game, their receiving game, their linemen? You know, I, I know they talk about, hey, they're going to throw to the tight end this year. Yeah, but you know okay. what? That's always a cool thing to say. Every year they say they're yeah, going to they throw do. to the tight uh-huh. end. But you know what? I'm also, and I know there's crummy ex U of A tight ends out there that always want the tight end to be th- thrown to. And you know what? I'm cool using the tight end, but the tight end's got to be good. Sure. Like when somebody oh, always absolutely. says, you know what? We got to throw to the receivers. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, yeah, no duh. But your re- receiver needs to be able to separate. I need. It some... needs to be able to get open because what is it? Uh, I, I think think I heard an interview with Herm Edwards saying this last week. Say you talk to the receivers, the receivers the, they'll always tell you they're open. Right. But are they really? Are they really? Yeah. And, and, that's and, the and, and so if you're a str- if you're a quarterback who needs some help, mm-hmm. your skill position players are going to have to help you out in that right. regard. Right. So I'm I'm all I'm of the opinion. You know what? If they're good, then yeah, you throw to them. But I don't need to force it to a guy just because somebody says you need to throw it to the tight end right there and you know what you made an interesting point and that i think that we will talk about on the other side thanks for keeping a locked on wildcats i'm your host mike luke all right i think the key is this and if i remember correctly basically when when stoops took over i think that was mike i think it was a mike bell team right there i think if, if i'm not mistaken i believe that that was the mike uh, mike bell and he said you know what we're going to run the ball a lot with mike bell and you know, here's what we're also going to do. We're also going to try to, we're also going to try to play good defense and keep you, and hopefully it keeps us in games. Fair enough. But the problem that I think you, the problem that I think you run into though, is sooner or later you got to be able to throw the ball. Mm-hmm. Sure. And if you can't throw the ball, you might be able to fool teams a little bit there and there. I just don't know that Arizona's going to be able to throw the ball. Well, beyond that, I mean, if you can't throw the ball, you're in trouble if you don't have a dominant offensive line and a really exceptional running game. Mm. And if Arizona doesn't have those things, then obviously their offense is going to struggle if they can't Mm -hmm. move the chains by virtue of, you know, being successful through through the air. Mm -hmm. That's an obvious thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, you know... Based now, I, I know they don't show anything. It's vanilla and all of that. But is there any uh, no, any indication I mean, I, I offensively say, that you're seeing I, I, in no, terms of what I their do, vision ultimately is and what they're trying to accomplish? No, but I do like the vi- I do like watching the coaching staff and uh, Brennan Carroll. This is a podcast, so we can get away with saying some things that maybe you can't say on the radio. When I used to be able to talk on the radio, mm-hmm. so he would pull the he pulled the tight end over a guy named uh, Stacy Marshall. And Stacy Marshall is the epitome of someone who looks like he should be playing at LSU. And he's about six foot six, 265 pounds, just jacked. If I showed you a picture of him, that looks like every single tight end at LSU or Alabama. Then you say, well, why is he at Arizona? Well, first and foremost, he can't block. And I saw Brennan Carroll getting into him on the sideline, and Brennan Carroll essentially said, well, didn't essentially say. He basically he said to him, he said, "You're blocking and you're acting like a little, mm-hmm. you know, to his face." And he said, "Why are you acting like this? Just going off on him." I like that enthusiasm because I think this coaching staff, and again, maybe it's just the low expectations that we've been accustomed to. But seeing a coaching staff that cares is still 
It's kind of weird. Yeah. Because even like so it's I, hard to tell. And and again, it's because practice was not mm-hmm. open and available. Mm-hmm. It was difficult to tell whether Rich Rod coached like he cared, mm-hmm. whether someone coached like he I cared, or whether their assistants ultimately did as well. I remember in the early days of Stoops especially defensively, that he... I mean, Stoops is a psycho. He's obviously got, you know, lots of... Stoops and Bo Pelini like hanging out. They're actually... There's a reason they went to the same high school. (laughs) There you go. Um, and, and, And that catered to itself. But he certainly knew how to... He had an attention to detail, an understandable attention for detail, for safeties and cornerbacks. And, and could pick out nuances that were that that were interesting that a lot of you know regular viewers wouldn't notice and maybe even some coaches wouldn't notice and right. i think it helped their secondary improve to mm-hmm. some degree I so think. stoops knew his crap mm-hmm. you know even as even as loopy as he was with some of the other stuff that was going on he he knew he knew what he was doing mm-hmm. in terms of understanding football we just and, and and it's good i mean it's great that this is an emotional coaching staff and hopefully they get the players ultimately behind them mm-hmm. and that tight end you know understands yeah you've you got to be tougher right uh and, and and takes it in a positive way as opposed to wilting mm-hmm. and, and if he does that you know that's good and hopefully it's a learning experience it's just difficult to see if it was one of those things you know did rodriguez do that did someone do that were they just phoning it in late did i, I don't maybe they ran things entirely differently it's just hard to tell mm-hmm. but it's nice at least to see that aspect that it looks like they're engaged and that's I, coming through you know what's weird i think with rodriguez as opposed to uh someone was a little bit different i think i think someone was literally just collecting a paycheck i don't think he really cared i think rodriguez cared but i also don't think that he really cared about recruiting because i don't think he really wanted to be here I think that, you know, he's looking at it and, you know, when you've had a taste of success, when you're at Arizona, that's, you know. Yeah, this is your reclamation job. This is your reclamation. You can, and you're looking it, to get it, out of here. Yeah, if you can win, uh, frankly, you know, if he could have strung multiple eight to ten win se- three eight to ten win mm-hmm. seasons together, mm-hmm. uh, then, you know, right. there he's he's going to be plucked by mm-hmm. somebody else. Right. Uh, and because they'll look at Michigan as a fluke. Mm-hmm. And that ultimately didn't work out for him. Right. Uh, for a, you know, a variety of weird reasons. But, you know, we have a fresh start here and we'll see what ultimately happens. And I think you've done a nice job of putting fans in a, in an understandable perspective that, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of times not going to be pleasant on the field, but hopefully maybe on the defensive side, you've got a, you've got a coach who's aggressive, mm-hmm. who is going to play a much more, you know, energetic style. Mm-hmm. They're not going to, and this, and this may ultimately work against them, but I think it'll be fun to watch. Right. You know, because if Arizona is in a position where they're taking a lot of chances and they give up big plays, you know, chances are their offense isn't going to be able to keep them in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, it's, I get the gamble. Right. And it's fun to watch. Mm-hmm. So, so from a fan perspective, seeing a team that uh, takes a lot of chances is enjoyable. And I For think sure. you can get a kick out of it. And, uh, you know, you'll get some good hits in the process. And I think you'll see a team that appears to be more engaged, which 
um, aesthetically, I think is different than what the Stoops teams did in his first year. Mm-hmm. You know, where Stoops was very much, I, I guess for lack of a better term, bend, bend but don't break. Mm-hmm. You know, he was, all right, you're going to give up four yards, you're going to give up five yards, you're going to give up three, you're going to hope the team makes a mistake, right. you're going to get the ball back and try to lower games, milk clock, mm-hmm. and hope that you've got a chance if the opposition scores in the teens. Right. This one sounds like you're going to get some games that are really ugly because teams have figured out when Arizona's going to blitz. Mm-hmm. And, and when you do that, sometimes you give up, especially when talent isn't necessarily there, you give up some big plays. So, you know, there could, but I think it'll be fun to watch at the same time, and hopefully fans can get behind that. Now, the one thing that I think that you do need to keep an eye on, though, is this team with the way that they're going to be running up and down the field. Heck, they might need to utilize Rock Auto during the game. I mean, you know what? Think about, if Rock Auto, you know what? If you blow a shoe out, you know what? If you blow a shoulder pad out, I'm not saying that Rock Auto is going to be the place that you should go first and foremost, but you know what? I don't know that they can. Then that's the thing about Rock Auto. I think that Rock Auto is a place that has basically has hurdled everybody else in the industry to the point where the question is, not does Rock Auto have that? What doesn't Rock Auto have? I think from a car perspective, yeah, disclaimer, mm-hmm. Rock Auto doesn't have shoulder pads. Mm-hmm. Uh, unless they're shoulder pads for your car. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't have sneakers unless they're sneakers for your car. Mm-hmm. But if you want a part for your car and you're a DIY guy, mm-hmm. you go to rockauto.com. That's simple. That's simple. You know what? We're going to be back with you on Wednesday talking to you about... Uh, Are we really uh, on Wednesday? Yes, well, no. We will be recording it on Monday, <laughs> but talking to you on Wednesday about Schuster wants to talk some more Dick Tomey, Larry Smith. We'll be back with you. Thanks for keeping it locked on, Wildcats.